0: Holy shit. We actually have some live sports to talk about. NFL draft currently going on right now in the back end of the third round. Pretty cool. We finally got something that we can actually enjoy that's live. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. But before I get into the episode, I really want I I want to give a quick shout out to from the stadium.com. This is the first episode I recorded since we've partnered with them. Uh, the Big Blue Pin Strikes podcast is partnering with them, uh, the FTS podcast network. They got about 8 shows right now. Uh, my other podcast views from the Nosebleed, uh, that I host with my guy Aaron. Uh, we talk pretty much all sports over there. we did a live stream yesterday. Uh, they, we partner with them also uh, from the stadium.com's awesome site uh, got a bunch of guys, a bunch of uh, great writers, a bunch of great podcasters, great minds uh, so go ahead and check that out from the stadium.com. so without further ado let's get into the NFL trash. Big Blue Nation, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this latest installment of the Big Blue Pinstrikes podcast. I want to apologize. It's been like a little while since we've recorded an episode. I've had some other shit come on in life. I'm not leaving this one behind again. I promise you this one isn't going anywhere. However, I did start a new podcast with my buddy and brother-in-law, Aaron Bonchock I've from the nosebleeds, so check that out, too. We've been doing a lot of work on that one. Excuse me. So it's kind of left me a little bit behind on this one. Uh, for those of you that checked out the live stream that we did last night during day one of the draft, I want to thank you. Uh, don't hesitate to leave us some feedback, what we need to improve on, what you thought was funny, what you thought was good, what you thought was bad. It doesn't matter. Tell us. We don't care. We can handle it. Let us know. We want to make it better. We want to make uh, more enjoyable content for everybody. Um, so let us know. And again, leave reviews for this podcast, for that podcast. Follow us. Review us. Let everybody know. Share it. If you like it, tell your friends. If you don't like it, make fun of us and tell your friends so they can listen to it too. Uh, Yeah, it helps. We need it. Um, So, again, thank you for tuning in. We actually had some real sports to talk about. I'm actually still currently watching the third round of the draft. They're on pick 95 right now. The Broncos are on the clock. Um, So a lot has happened. The Giants have only made two picks thus far, but two Good ones, one that was expected and one that wasn't expected only because I didn't think that that gentleman was going to be available where he was, so I'm pretty pumped about the second choice, uh, but we'll obviously get into them both. First off, if you guys caught the live stream yesterday or have read my writings or anything that I've put out, everybody knows that I wanted Isaiah Simmons. We didn't get him that's okay uh, I think he would have been a ridiculous addition to this team I mean they haven't had a guy like that in so long. It would have been incredible to have I mean the, the dude literally plays every position on the defense you could put him anywhere and he'll make plays. Obviously I understand the need of why they did what they did why you got to protect the investment that you know takes the ball from the center. you got to protect that guy. Um, I get it it's just you know everybody wants to flashy sexy pick. And they didn't make it, but they did make what will probably end up, you know, in the long run, being the right pick. It's just not as fun right now to have to watch that. But it's not a jersey that you're going to run out and buy, which kind of sucks when you know the first round. You want you, you want a guy that you're going to go around run out and buy the jersey. You want a guy that you're getting excited about. You can't wait till Sunday to watch. I mean, who really gets that excited to watch the left tackle? Honestly, I mean, if you're a big football fan, you should. But on the other side of it, you know, the anticipation leading up to week one, it's not like, oh, shit, I can't wait to watch Isaiah Simmons wreak havoc on the quarterback. I can't wait to watch a new quarterback, you know, control the offense. I can't wait to watch Saquon Barkley. I can't wait to watch, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. It's not that type of excitement, but it's going to bring a level of stability to the team that they haven't had in a while. The Nate Solder experiment obviously did not work. Um, And we've been through our share of bad linemen, you know, pretty much since uh the the super bowl line retired you know the the deals the sneeze the o'hara's the the soybert's the mackenzie's uh you know all those guys retired basically all at once and we were pretty much fucked i mean jerry reese had no plan to replace them so pretty much the last eight years of eli's career was just fucking wasted because they didn't have any any type of backup plan for that bunch of guys but hopefully Dave Gettleman obviously is putting uh, some emphasis on the offensive line. I like Will Hernandez from last year. Um, and, you know, they got some, you know, Nick Gates is hopefully going to take that next step this year. Now we got Andrew Thomas. The first time I've mentioned his name, that was our first pick. Uh, number four overall, Andrew Thomas, left tackle out of Georgia. Obviously, I mean, if you get a tackle, generally speaking, if you get a tackle out of the SEC, you're going to get someone solid. Um all those teams have good tackles. That's why they all – like, the SEC is just like it, – it's running back country. Those running backs succeed, and the reason for that is because they got ridiculously good offensive lines. If you get a tackle from that – like, I, personally, if I was to make that pick, if, if I had to pick a tackle, I wanted Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. But, in all honesty, I mean, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, I mean, Tristan Wirfs. I mean, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm doing the, you know, the symbol for a level – like, they're all basically equal. I mean, what difference does it really make? Hopefully, they wind up getting the best. And, and and everything I've read since the pick, basically saying that Andrew Thomas really has a legitimate chance and a likely chance of being the best tackle in this class. If that's the case, it was a grand slam, slam dunk, fucking walk-off bomb in the bottom of the ninth pick that they needed. I mean, they need, their offensive line has been so bad that they need this guy. They need him to do well. They need him to be a difference maker. They need him to be Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, like the, uh, Jason Peters. The NFC East has been built on left tackles for the last 10 years, and the Giants have not been included. So they need this guy. And hopefully he ends up being what, he, what he's supposed to be. Um, he seems like a down-to-earth, level-headed kid, which is good. Um, that obviously plays a big part that's I I personally want that I mean I know I'm a, I'm clearly a pro Otto Beckham junior guy and he's not you know level-headed down to earth but he's just freakishly talented which kind of made that more uh made that more enjoyable I guess this kid just seems like he's you know got everything under control he's a normal dude uh Saquon Barkley obviously tweeted out right afterward Daniel Jones sent him uh of video message they're pumped I mean who doesn't want you know those type of guys you know the quarterback the running back those guys want that pick they didn't want they probably I mean I'm sure they would have been happy with Isaiah Simmons but they want that guy they want that left tackle because it makes that much of a difference and everything I've read I mean this dude he just looks like a monster um he's big he's strong he's pretty agile for a tackle he's really good at pulling out and you know running downfield with the running back which is big maybe we can Get some screen game. I mean, the Giants have had the ability from a running back standpoint to be a good screen team for a little while now. However, they've sucked because they haven't had linemen that can run that play successfully. And this dude was able to do it at Georgia. I mean, DeAndre Swift was, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was probably the most statistically impressive running back in college. Obviously, he set a million records at Wisconsin. DeAndre Swift was probably the most polished uh, all-around running back in college. Like he could run it, he can catch it, he could block. He he had everything. And the reason for that, the reason he was so effective, like outside of you know the tackle box, was because he had a guy like Andrew Thomas that can run down the field and make blocks in the, on the second level. He can he can you know push his end off off the line of scrimmage push him to the side and then go hit the, you know, the outside linebacker and create that hole for DeAndre Swift to do what he needed to do. And that's big. The Giants haven't had that. So if you get, if you can get that type of tackle and you can get Saquon out in space with actual people in front of him on his team, whew, whew, talking, we're talking CNC type cash coming his way. Cause that dude's going to put up a ridiculous season. I mean, he's been doing what he's doing with, nobody in front of him blocking he's out there on his own making his own plays making people miss if he's got people on his own side running in front of him that he can run behind oh man i mean you guys are about to see a saquon barkley that that uh, they saw at penn state because we haven't quite seen that saquon barkley uh obviously he's been extremely good but penn state saquon was really there's a reason he was drafted second overall it's because of what he did at penn state um and you can argue, we'll argue about that pick for you know the rest of eternity. I'm happy with what they did. Um, you know, people are going to defend it to the grave that you should never pick a running back too. But you know, if you get Saquon Barkley, give it give it to me. Hopefully, Andrew Thomas is going to be the guy that's going to create that space, create that opportunity for him to do what you know he needs to do. Um, that would be absolutely incredible. Again, something they need. And then, all right, so the first round was quirky. It was very, very unusual. Um, if you caught any of our live stream yesterday, you understood by a lot of our reactions, we were left speechless after a lot of picks. And that's, I mean, that's not usual for uh, Aaron and myself. We, we talk a lot. We're very opinionated when it comes to sports, especially football, especially our own teams. Um, we were left speechless on our own picks. We were left speechless on other teams' picks. We were left speechless on teams trading up to pick a player that would have been there. Anyway, it was just a weird first round. There was a lot of first round talents that didn't get picked. It was very strange. Things just started working itself out. You know, we got to the end of the day. Xavier McKinney wasn't taken. I was shocked. I did a mock draft of my own, and I had him going, uh, I think, 19th or 21st. Um one or the other, 19, like in that, say, like 17 to 22 kind of windows where I had him gone. Shocked that he didn't get taken on the first day. We get to the second day. I'm like, all right, somebody's going to trade up. You know, this is like Landon Collins, deja vu all over again. Dude falls out of the first round. We trade up to the first pick in the second round, take Landon Collins. We get, you know, Cincinnati goes, don't take him. Washington goes, don't take him. Washington could use a the safety. They don't take him. Detroit, don't take him. And then we're sitting at, at, at four, at thirty six, I guess. And I'm like, man, Dave ain't gonna fuck this up, right? There ain't no way Dave's gonna fuck this up. I'm I'm pro Dave. Um, I've made that pretty clear, over you know Twitter, over podcast, over everything I've done. I've made it pretty clear that I'm pro Dave. I think he's done an extremely, extremely good job on this roster. He ain't gonna fuck this up, right? There's no way. And before they even made the announcement of the Lions pick, the Giants pick was in. So they obviously knew what was going on. And then, sure enough, Xavier McKinney. I mean, this dude is Landon Collins with the ability to cover people. It, he is, oh, man, he's going to be good. He, yeah, He's going to be so good. I'm so, so pumped about this pick. I can't fucking wait to watch this dude play. This is the type of dude that I want to run out and get his jersey. Because he's going to be so good. He, he, and he's another Isaiah Simmons type. Maybe not quite as dominant, you know, Physically. But he can play all over the field. He's not just a safety. There's a reason why when they interviewed him and they asked him what position he plays in, he said, a DB. He said, I'm a DB. He's not a safety. He could play nickel. He could play free. He could play strong. He could play in a box. He could blitz. He can cover. He can tackle. He could do everything. He's so good. You give me an Alabama safety all day, baby. I'm taking that all day. And. I mean, it's deja vu all over again, like I said. it's it. This is the Lamb and Collins situation again, and we didn't have to trade up. I wanted them to trade up. I actually wanted them to trade up into the first round last night to take him because I was so afraid he wasn't going to keep dropping. I mean, you give me the best player at a position from the best school, and you, you get him at 36? Yeah. Sign me up. Which is why now, looking back at it, I'm – not as mad about the Isaiah Simmons pick because if if the second pick you know would have been a wide receiver would have been a a, another a a center would have been something of that nature where so all right we didn't get that different make difference making defender look now we got the difference making defender we got the defender in the second round so that first round tackle I feel a hell of a lot better about because now we got the guy on defense that's going to make a difference that's going to control that that unit and be that guy that we need To, you know, and when you look at what Dallas did, you look at what Philly did, you look at what the Redskins did, we need that safety because they are loading up some wide receivers. I mean, CeeDee Lamb dropping to the fucking Cowboys, that made me sick to my stomach. The Eagles did their thing, they got the receivers, the Redskins picked up their receivers today, they got uh, one receiver and one, you know, uh, receiver running back kind of combination type situation. Um... And, obviously, Dallas got Ceedee Lamb. So, you need that guy to cover. I mean, we got James Bradbury. He's going to get put to work. I mean, he's going to get put to work. And now he's got some help over the top. McKinney can line up next to Gibralt Peppers. That's a pretty damn good secondary that's that's coming along right now. And it wasn't like that two years ago. If we can get one more legitimate cornerback or one of these guys, one of these young guys, uh, you know, the Julian Love, the – um, DeAndre Baker, these guys can develop into what they thought they were going to be. That secondary is going to be dirty. Then, I mean, you can look into linebacker next year if you want. I mean, they still need one. They can still get one this year. Obviously, I was kind of hoping it looked like Zach Bond might have might have been falling, but he stopped. He was taken. Uh, I don't remember who took him, but it looked like he might have might have fell to us in the third. If if they didn't, you know, send that third round to to the Jets. Third-round pick to the Jets for Leonard Williams. They probably would have taken him, but – or the center. But, man, I am so excited for Xavier McKinney. Uh, dude is going to be so good. He ran a 4-6, and he basically said he ran a 4-6 on a, on a bad hamstring. And, yeah, sign me up. He he's incredible. He was uh, – he made 95 tackles last year in college. I mean, they only play 13, 14 games. They're not playing – you know, sixteen games like the NFL are. He's making damn near hundred tackles in four less games than what we play. And not we. I don't play the NFL. I'm five nine one fucking seventy. I can't do anything physically. Impressive, but he's playing less games than the Giants play, and he's making the same amount of tackles as you know our team leaders. Actually, speaking of which, we got our next pick in right now. Um, hot off the press, breaking news. Let me give you some kind of. Uh, All right, not really a good sound bite for this, but Matt Peart, offensive tackle out of UConn. Interesting. Um, Again, considering the fact that we got McKinney, this doesn't bother me so much. Like, now you got two tackles. Andrew Thomas is obviously the one that's going to get on the field day one. This guy might not. I don't really know anything about him. I'm going to actually pull it up while I'm talking. Um, This... Getting a guy like Xavier McKinney makes this less angering for me. You got two tackles. Let's be honest. The Giants have not been good at drafting offensive linemen of late. Before before Gettleman, I like I said, I like Will Hernandez. Before Gettleman, they have not been good at drafting tackles. So honestly, if you think about it, let's uh, let's stockpile them. You know, one hits here, one hits there. And you know you can build yourself a good offensive line that way. Obviously, we still need a center. Um, maybe Nate Solder can move to the other side. I mean, can he play right tackle? I don't. I don't know if he could play anything. But I mean, he's a big boy. We should be able to put him somewhere. I mean, he could play guard. Maybe I don't know. Just fucking get in somebody's way. It's really all you need to do. Maybe put him inside. Maybe he's not fit athletically to be a tackle. I don't know. But now you got. Andrew Thomas, you got Matt Peer. We got Nate Solder. You can kind of play musical chairs with those guys. Um, building something. I like it. I'm looking at this guy's uh, measurables right now. 6'7", 320. That's a big boy. I like it. Uh, came out of UConn. He ran a 5'06", and is 40, which really doesn't make much of a difference for linemen. Who the fuck cares how fast you are? Um, but, yeah, I mean... Sign me up for as many linemen as you can get. That's that's what they need right now. I mean, it would be nice to get a wide receiver. Devin DuVernay was slowly starting to fall, but the Ravens just took him around like 92-ish. Um, So that kind of pipe dream for me just kind of fell to the wayside. I was thinking it was possible that he was going to fall. That dude's going to be good. And him in Baltimore. Baltimore is, they're doing pretty well right now. But we'll get into the rest of the NFL in a little bit. Uh, we'll get into the rest of the draft in a little bit. But Baltimore is doing something special. The Giants, on the other hand, I'm very happy with it. I can keep talking about you know those same two guys and keep saying the same thing over and over again. But there's really no reason to. I'm very happy with that they're doing it. And to be honest, I mean, it's still Jadavion Clowney sitting out there. We still got him sitting out there. I know, I know that's not a Dave Gettleman type move to make. But that kid can fucking ball. Let's we'll bring him in. Let's bring him in. Why not? What do you what have you got to lose? I mean, if anything, I mean he's been sitting around waiting for somebody to sign him. He might take a one year deal right now. I mean, give him one year, you know, 18 to 20. If he's really, really good, re-sign him. If he's bad, let him go. We'll take an edge rusher next year. I mean, what bad can come out of it? He's not a bad person. He's excellent football player. I mean he's made a Pro Bowl 3 of the last 4 years. He was a number 1 overall pick. I mean obviously the kid can play. Bring him in. Then then you know missing out on Isaiah Simmons looks a hell of a lot better. But that's uh that's a conversation for another episode. This episode is draft. I'm happy. I'm very happy. I'm very pleased with what they're doing. They're they're not They're not letting everybody else dictate what they're doing. They're not trying to go flashy because everybody else is trying to go flashy, and I'm very happy with that. Let's build from the inside, inside out. Let's start with the line, especially offense. Our defensive line is fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Our offensive line is the worst unit on the field probably, maybe maybe linebacker, but that's a tough fight right there. Build that offensive line. If you build that offensive line and make them, you know, top twelve, top fifteen in the league, I mean, that's two or three wins right there. I mean, you let Saquon get out and do his thing. You let Daniel Jones have some time in, in the in the backfield to, you know, let his receivers go to work, which they need another one of those. They need Evan Ingram to stay healthy, and they need another big time receiver. Uh, Sterling Shepard ain't it? I'm sorry, that guy's not it. Golden Tate is fine, but he's you know getting older. He's kind of a one-trick pony right now. He's going to be your possession guy. Darius Slayton kind of broke out onto the scene last year. I'm a little skeptical of him being like a legitimate number one. I don't think he is. I think he can be a better Sterling Shepard, basically. But he needs somebody else on the other side. They need to go get that guy. If it ain't this year, let's do it next year. Next year's wide receiver class is stacked. Their wide receiver class next year is like the running back class this year. It's stacked. So let's go get one there. Uh, let's see what happens. But like I said, for now I'm pretty pumped. I think oh there's Zach Bond with 74. So he didn't really get too close. He was 25 picks away. But that was a lot lower. I had him going in the first round too. Um. So yeah, this I I didn't have any intentions of this being a full hour long episode just because we've only made two uh, three picks now. I just wanted to, I hadn't been on for a little while. Wanted to get on so y'all can hear my voice because I know how much you love my voice. And, you know, just kind of remind you that I'm still doing this. But, again, very happy. I'm going to have another episode coming out this week talking about the back end of the draft. Uh, hopefully have a guest on. I'm, I'm slowly getting bored talking to myself. I kind of want to get some other people on. I'm trying to have, I'm, I want to try to have someone on every episode. That's going to be my goal. That's what I'm going to aim for over the, over the course of the rest of the life of the show. But anyway, so Giants talk done. Let's get into the rest of the NFL. Excuse me. Sorry, I just fucking knocked my desk down almost. That was a very, very interesting first round. Um, You know, the first couple picks went as expected. Um, You know, the Giants, we expected them to take that position. The name may have been a little bit surprising, but I mean, at the end of the day, not really. I mean, there was pretty much a, a big four of linemen between Becton, Thomas, uh, Wirfs, and uh, Wills. Pretty much a big four. You get one of those four. I mean, Becton kind of had his little issue with the diluted fucking pee sample, whatever the fuck happened with him. Kind of a, a little minor issue. But he it really didn't affect him. He still went 11 to the Jets. But you get one of those top four. That's kind of what we are expecting. So one, two, three. You know Joe Burrow, we knew Chase Young, we knew uh, Jeff Okuda, we knew O line, we knew. We five and six was a little bit of a question to see who was going where, what quarterback was going. Those were the two teams that were pretty much going to dictate if we were going to have kind of a funky draft. But when as expected, two went five to Miami, Justin Herbert went six to the Chargers. I thought the Chargers were going to make a move to get to. I thought the Chargers had built their entire team around, you know, the idea of getting two in this draft. I personally thought they were going to go up to three and get Tua, and then the Lions would drop back to six and still be able to get Okuda because the Giants weren't going to take him, the Dolphins weren't going to take him. That's what I thought was going to happen. I don't know if they tried to make that happen or not. I don't know. Um, I'm not that in tune with, you know, going on in the front office obviously i'm not a reporter i'm just a fan that likes to talk but i really thought they were going to do that they didn't uh it was the first time there was no trades in the top 10 in five years so it was a little boring i actually thought there was going to be a, a shitload of trades i thought it was going to be a trade happy everybody bouncing around you know wild shit going on really wasn't that much uh the the first big trade and if you even want to call it big, was Tampa Bay moving up one spot to 13 from the 49ers to take Tristan Wirfs when the 49ers were not taking a tackle? Did not understand that we were left speechless on our stream le- uh, last night. I still, to this to this minute, have no idea why they did that, and they're getting good grades from you know draft. Uh, recappers, I guess you want to call them. Like, there's there's a bunch of guys that gave them A, A minus, B plus for their their draft. I'm like, how can you reward them for that? Like, they gave up. I right, so what they did was they gave up the 14th pick and a fifth rounder, and they got back the 13th pick and a seventh rounder. So basically, you moved up one spot, gave up your other pick. You gave up two rounds of a pick. To move up one spot to take a guy that still would have been there. I mean, the 49ers were not taking them. The only thing that I could see happen is they were terrified that somebody else was going to go up there and take worse. Because nobody thought he was going to drop that low. I thought all four tackles were going in the top ten. I did, but only two of them went. I thought all four were going in the top ten. And they did. Um, I thought it was very strange. But... That could That's the only scenario I can see as to why that happened. And then we get it—you know a little further on. C.D. Lamb's dropping, dropping, dropping. Uh, my man thinks he's going to fall to Philly. Uh, Aaron, my buddy Aaron, who's the co-host on the other podcast, he, he's an Eagles fan. He thought C.D. Lamb was going to drop, drop, drop. They get to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys take C.D. Lamb. At first glance, that seems very strange. It almost seems like uh, I'm going to get back at Philly for taking Dallas Goddard the year Jason Witten retired when they knew that the Cowboys pretty much had their eye on him and were in need of a tight end. The Eagles were not in need of a tight end. I mean, obviously it worked out for them. I mean, they, he's been used frequently and he's good, but it almost seemed like it was like, like a, like a fuck you for taking this guy. We're taking Ceedee lamb. But on second glance, you you realize that you know once you get over the high of what's going on, you start to dig deep into the roster construction. Amari Cooper's contract that he signed this year, a five-year, 100 million. It's only guaranteed for this year. After this year, they can get rid of him for no loss, no uh, no hit on the salary, nothing, nothing at all. He's gone. I'm not really sure why he signed that, to be honest with you, but. That's what he did. He wanted that $20 million a year. Maybe he thought that there was no chance that they were going to replace him, basically. I mean, he's the be- He's still the best receiver on the team. He's still better than Lane. He's still better than Gallup. But that second glance of it is like, huh, all right. Well, maybe it's not quite as weird because you could be looking at a C.D. Lamb-Michael Gallup situation in the future and Amari Cooper going elsewhere. Or you can see that kind of contract being restructured – you know, in order to pay Dak, something like that. Who knows? Um, but as of right now, it just looks kind of funny. And then we get down to the Eagles pick, Justin Jefferson sitting in their lap, and they go Jalen Rieger. I don't think that's that blasphemous of a pick. I mean, Justin Jefferson uh, had, is, you know, flashier looking on tape because he played with Joe Burrow, and Jalen Rieger played at TCU with a quarterback that I don't know the name of. Obviously, the numbers are going to be skewed one way or the other. I mean, one plays for LSU, the national championship, uh, national champion, and with a quarterback that threw 60 touchdowns, had the best college football season in the history of the sport, and the other plays at TCU. Numbers are going to be skewed. You can't look at that. The Duke can play. Duke can ball. Um, a lot of people deep in the scouting hole are really high on Jalen Rieger. A lot of people that scout players that I trust, that I look to for my scouting profiles and kind of get a feel of kind of player projections are very high on Jalen Rieger. So again, you know, these teams are loading up. Um, And then we get another bombshell. Sitting at 26, the Dolphins' third pick of the first round. They trade out, which I thought was a little strange in the first place, but they trade out, Green Bay comes in. At that point, it's like, all right, um, who's hasn't been picked yet? Denzel Mims, who's who, you know, ended up dropping to early second round. Uh, um, his name? T. Higgins that went to a one to Cincinnati. We thought maybe him. They come up to take Jordan Love. I mean, you do know you have Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, you do know you have one of the most gifted quarterbacks to ever play the position in the history of the National Football League, right? I mean, he's sitting right there. I mean, I understand he's 36. I get that. But don't you want to try to take advantage of the guy while he's still capable of playing and try to win a Super Bowl rather than planning out his departure three years from now? I mean, it's the whole Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation all over again. Almost with the same exact pick. At, uh, last thing I when I checked it out yesterday, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are the same age when their you know replacement in air quotes because we're not sure about Jordan Love's actual ability yet. They're they were the same age when those guys got drafted. Sit behind him for a couple years and then boom. I get that. That's all the went that's all well and good. At the same time, you know that your offense needs a little bit of help. You need a little bit of help. B- beside Devontae Adams. I mean, that's really all you got. And you draft a quarterback. And then I'm going to skip a couple picks and go to their second round pick because it's even worse. I mean, it's not worse, but it's just as confusing. They take A.J. Dillon, a running back, which fine. I mean, he's probably going to be a solid running back. I mean, the dude had a really, really good career. But, you know, you have Aaron Jones, right? Aaron Jones is pretty good. <laughs> Aaron Jones is pretty young. Aaron Jones doesn't have a whole lot of mileage because you don't ever use him correctly. You've been afraid to give him the reins to the offense for three years now. And again, you're probably going to split touches with him again. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what they're doing. I mean, they probably had the worst draft so far. But then, I mean, as I teased before, Baltimore... Is probably having the best draft. I mean, they were, you know, pretty close to getting to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, they got better. Uh, they took Patrick Queen in the first round, good inside linebacker. I would have loved to see him fall to the Giants at 36. Didn't quite make it. Then they take J.K. Dobbins, running back at Ohio State. Stud, going to be dynamic behind Lamar Jackson with Mark Ingram. Then they take a guard, don't know anything about him. Then the fourth pick, they take Devin DuVernay, who I wanted the Giants to to end up with in that that late third round pick. He's going to be a stud. So they got Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, Devin DuVernay. That's going to be a dynamic fucking offense. And I'm really, really glad now that I got Lamar Jackson in my latest Dynasty Fantasy Football League uh, doing a campus to Canton League. Basically, you have Two teams that you manage basically together. You have a college team and an NFL team. And when a college guy's graduate, you just kind of promote them to your NFL team. You don't redraft. So it's pretty cool. And Lamar Jackson was my first pick, and now I feel a little bit better about that. And I was a little skeptical that he was going to be able to, you know, repeat what he did last year. And I don't know if he'll repeat it, but the fact that they added a stud receiver, they added a stud running back behind him, I like it. I like it a lot for them. That's a that's gonna be a dangerous team. And then, you know, Super Bowl chance picking 32. Whew, that offense is going to be dirty. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is exactly what that offense needs. Um, not that they really need anything, but as far as the piece that they don't have, that's it. He is, oh, man, he is so good. Um, he's Alvin Kamara-like with a little bit less of a running ability. Um, not really probably gonna, probably not going to be the three down guy I mean there's a lot of talk about them now like what's going to happen with Damian Williams I still see them playing together Damian Williams is the primary ball carrier Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the primary ball catcher out of the backfield um, he can run the ball he can be that guy but at his size he's 5'7 200 I mean he's thick He's thick. He's two inches shorter than me. He weighs 30 pounds more than me. And it's a, it's a, it's a good 30 pounds. Not like if I gained 30 pounds and I'd look like a fucking beanbag chair. That's a good 30 pounds. He's a thick boy, but that's not the size that you really want handing the ball off to, you know, 21 times a game. You want that dude getting 18 touches and nine or 10 of those are, you know, receptions. And that dude is going to be nasty in the open field. And then, you know, Defense got to worry about Tyreek. They got to worry about Travis Kelsey. They got to worry about Miko Hardman going deep. They got to worry about Sammy Watkins. They got to worry about just Pat Mahomes doing Pat Mahomes thing. It doesn't really fucking matter who's downfield. If you got Pat Mahomes, you're going to make something happen. And you got Damian Williams. You got uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now, that offense is going to be nasty. Uh, Kind of expected them to go defense there just because you would think that you would want your defense to be a little bit more adequate when you got an offense as ridiculously explosive as theirs. But, I mean, that uh, uh, offensive roster like that, I mean, they could set some NFL records. I mean, that's 2007 Patriots. That's 2013 Broncos. I mean, that's a dirty, dirty, dirty team. Um, they're going to be must-watch TV every time they take, take the field. I mean, that, it's going to be so exciting to watch that team play. Um, and then Jalen Hurts was a guy that I thought – and excuse my Chris Collinsworth right there. Now here's a guy, uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts I thought was the the type of guy that uh, New England was going to target late. You know they need a quarterback. Obviously Tommy Boy's not there anymore. You kind of are skeptical about them going forward with Jarrett Stidham. I mean obviously you got to give him a chance to see what he's got, but. Is he really the guy who knows Uh, Jalen Hurts was kind of a guy that I thought they might bring in because even if you want Stidham to get the first crack at the job, this way you got, you got a competition. Then if Jalen Hurts takes the job and runs with it, fine, you got the right guy. You can get rid of Stidham, do your thing. If Stidham looks like the better pocket passer, the better polished quarterback as of today or as of, you know, uh, preseason, then you go with him. And you can still sprinkle Jalen Hurts in. You can still run some packages, some Hill-style packages for him. But obviously, I don't think they were going to use a top 50 pick for it. And Philly made sure they weren't going to be able to use it with an outside top 50 pick. And they take Jalen Hurts at 50, I think, 3. What? What? Why do people hate Carson Wentz so much? I don't understand. All right. Let me be clear. I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Obviously, you're listening to Big Blue Pinstripes podcast. You like Big Blue. You like the Pinstripes. We're, we're past that. We understand that. We understand who we like. All right. My list of most hated teams right now, as of this second, April 24th. Actually, it's April 25th, 2020. 1210 a.m. My most hated team. Number one, the, the Houston motherfucking Astros. Fuck those guys. Astros, number one. Number two. It's a toss-up, a legitimate toss-up. I'm not sure who I hate more between the Boston Red Sox and the Philadelphia Eagles. I love Carson Wentz, and I hate that I love him so much because he plays for the Eagles. He plays in Philly. He plays in bona fide hell, but he's so good. He's so likable. He's so un-Philadelphian. Why do Eagles fans hate him so much? Why do the Eagles brass hate him so much? I mean, I understand that Nick Foles won you a Super Bowl, but it's not that you replaced Carson Wentz because he was not playing well. He was going to win an MVP that year until he tore his ACL. So it's not like he was replaced because he sucked. It wasn't you know, uh, Peyton Manning coming back in for Brock Osweiler and then taking him to a Super Bowl. In 2015, it wasn't that situation. It wasn't Peyton getting benched for Osweiler, then Osweiler getting benched for Peyton, and Peyton going to the Super Bowl. It was Carson Wentz is about to win an MVP week thirteen tears his ACL. Fuck this! Like we're about to, like we were about to go fourteen and two and win a Super Bowl. Well, instead, Nick Foles comes in, goes thirteen and three, and he wins the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean Carson Wentz sucks. Doesn't mean he can't play. He's throwing to Nelson. I can't catch a fucking cold. Aguilar. He's throwing to. Alshon Jeffrey who is very good but he can't stay on the field and then you got Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is, is a stud. How are you going to blame him for that? He's got a horrible receiving crew and the Jalen Riker pick in the first round was a good start to repairing that receiving crew. I mean that guy's going to step on the field be the best receiver you got outside Zach Ertz who's you know technically a wide receiver but he's virtually a wide receiver that blocks sometimes. Um but then the second pick, Jalen Hurt, what are y'all doing? I, I didn't get it. I thought it was very, very odd. And I'm glad. I I mean, I hope it brings some chaos to that team because that would be good for us Giants fans. I mean, fuck it up, man. Let's, let's ruin some reputations. Let's ruin some relationships in that locker room. Let's do it. I'm all for it, man. Fuck that team up. Or send Carson Wentz out of the division. Please. I'll take that, too. fall in love with Jalen Hurts and send Carson Wentz away and let him be another division's problem because that dude is a a stud. Top five in the NFL. But anyway, that's my talk for today. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Again, I want to give a little shout-out to FromTheStadium.com. I also want to give a shout-out to views from the Nosebleed podcast. Go give us a follow everywhere. Uh, Podcast is at NosebleedsPod underscore on Twitter. Uh, We have a YouTube channel where we're going to be doing some live streams. Um, You can follow me. I'm at Joe butter underscore BVP. Give me a follow. Uh, That's where I do most of my tweeting. All my tweets are my own opinion. um, And I like to get a little wild. So please uh, go give us a follow. Tune in. Uh, We'll be back next week. My goal is views from the nosebleed podcast are going to release every Tuesday, which is what we have been doing. And I'm going to start getting into more of a rhythm with the big blue pinstripes podcast. And I'm going to be releasing episodes every Thursday. So tune in every week both of us go subscribe so you see it leave a review tell your friends tell everybody tell your parents tell your wives tell your kids tell your grandparents everybody you see if you walk down the street you know in four months when you know the country is open again tell everybody you can see that the big blue pinstrikes podcast is the best